Welcome to Sunday Morning Live. That is SML Inside the Pages with Pastor Carl Anderson, presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church, Incorporated, 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. That is Pomona, California. And today is July 13, 2021, and we are blessed. I hope you feel that way too. I hope you feel that you're blessed in spite of our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m., Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m., and Thursday's Acts of the Holy Ghost. We believe the Bible is the Word of God. Therefore, we are faithful, we are bold, we are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the Word of God. There's no better way obedience to the word of God. Praise is what we do. And I'm telling you, if you have not praised him today, get with this.
Because sometimes in the midst of whatever you're dealing with, you could be having a bad hair day. You need a praise. You need something. You need a song. You need something to carry you over. As I arrived at the church, I needed something to help carry me over. It's been a long day. It's been a laborious day. And I needed something to carry me over. Carry me over dealing with the weight of responsibilities and you know and just and just so I had to I was sitting in the car with the seat kind of laid back and, and kind of killing some time with some some soda crush you know and um, and praise song praise is what I do began to echo in my mind you know the words of that song says praise is what I do when I want to get close to you uh, you know and he goes on to talk about uh, through the hard times, I'll praise you. Through the good times, I'll praise you. I'm going to praise you with regardless, you know. And and so uh, you you have to be determined because things are going to come, things are going to go. You're going to deal with situations in life. But uh, the Bible said Paul and Silas were jailed. They were they were incarcerated, and they began to pray and sing. At the midnight hour, you know. Now I'm not incarcerated, and you know, and and so that whether you are or not, you still need a song of praise, and, and you need a prayer. You need something to help you get over, because a situation can incarcerate your mind. It can incarcerate your emotions. It can incarcerate your thoughts, and you'll find yourself spiraling and 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 feeling a certain way. You know, and so you need a song. You need an outlet. And a praise is an outlet. Praise is, uh, takes us someplace and it helps us. You know, I, I, we're going to go into the word of God. Not going to be long, but I it just, and just talking about it. Uh, I remember Bishop, uh, uh, he was going through something and he said that it was pretty heavy. It was pretty weighty. And he went into the bathroom of where he was, and uh, he heard the Spirit of the Lord telling him to praise. And he said, you know, I'm, I, I don't feel like it. It's, it's, this is pretty rough. It's thick. It's the muck that I'm in. And yet the Spirit of the Lord was telling him to praise. And he began to push out a praise. And the the cement shoes that he was wearing began to crack and fall and began to break apart. And after a while, he was giving God a praise, you know, and sometimes you're going to have to praise your way out of the situation, even though the surrounding situation has not changed. Sometimes you're going to have to praise your way out of the situation, even though fingers are still being pointed at you and you can still hear what people are saying. Sometimes you're going to have to praise your way out of the situation when everything is working against you and there is no logical uh, outlet. Uh, you're going to have to praise your way out of it in order to have a 
right, a decent, a miraculous outcome. You're going to have to praise your way out of the, the, the emotion. You're going to have to praise your way out of the thought uh, that's trying to incarcerate you. You're going to have to praise your way outside of the, phys the very thing that is trying to keep you bound. You're going to have to praise your way out of it. You're going to have to find that the Bible said the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so you have to find that joy. You have to find it, which means you have to search for it. David was in a situation where the, everything appeared to be lost. The, the enemy came in, took grandmother, grandfather, mother, father, uh, wife, children, grandchildren, nieces, nephews, and, and held them captive. And they had just came back from a battle. And the men uh, saw that their families and everybody was gone had been taken captive, and they were very upset. They was distraught. One, they were already already zapped from the battle that they had just come out of, and to come up and see that their family is gone, they wanted to stone David. They were ready to kill him. They were very upset. And David said, I had to, uh, David went out and he began to think about God. He began to talk to himself. And the Bible said that David encouraged himself and in order to he encouraged himself so, and therefore he was able to encourage them and they recovered. They recovered. You got to encourage. Uh, encouragement helps you to recover. And, and so, you know, as, as the singer was singing, I'm all in, whatever it takes. When there's running in my feet, I'm in. When there's tears in my eyes, I'm in. No matter what. I'm all in. I'm, I'm in. I'm sorry. I'm sold out. I'm, I'm, I'm a fool for Christ. Mm -hmm. I don't know what kind of fool you are, who you a fool for. Uh, you know, some of us have been fools for a lot of different reasons and different things, but I am a fool for Christ and I'm all in. You know, if you haven't been with us on, on Sundays, we're in the book of Revelation and teaching the word of God, the unadulterated truth, not sugarcoating it, not playing around with it, not adding no fluff. Uh, this is the real deal. This is the, 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 it's not the stuff that tea is made. This is the real deal. Uh, you're not gonna find, uh, you know, and so this is a very, uh, it's a book that is full of blessings. Uh-huh. And it is also full of uh, what, what we're teaching on and, and we're teaching not extracting not adding anything to the word of God because the Lord said uh, early on throughout the Old Testament told him, if don't you add nothing to the word and don't you take nothing away or his plagues will be added to you. I'm not looking for anything to be added to me or taken away from me, but line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little. When you hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant, you've been faithful over a few things. Come up higher, I'm going to make you ruler over much. Whatever much is, may not be as much as someone else, but as long as it is of God. And, and so, and we'll, we'll talk about that as we get into, as we going through the book of Revelation. We just finished talking about the church of, of Ephesus. And, uh, and, you know, you need to understand uh, where God is coming from. You need to understand where the word is coming from. And so, um, Book of Ephesus. They, they were good church members. Uh, the, the church of Ephesus, not the, the book of the, the 
Church of Ephesus. They were good members. They, they despised liars. They, they didn't want to deal with those. Uh, they would expose you if you was a wolf in sheep clothing. They had it down doctrinally. They had it down. However, they had left their first love. There was no intimacy with God. And you don't want to ever lose the intimacy of going through the motion. I'm Baptist and, and nope, nope, don't want to go through the motion. I'm apostolic, I'm Pentecost. Nope, don't want to go through the motion. Want to have intimate relationship with God. That intimate relationship is what convicts you. That intimate relationship is what keeps you on the straight and narrow. That intimate relationship is where God is able, you know, I'm going to put it this way and we're going to go on into the book of Ezekiel, is that this is, that's where you have pillow talk. That's it. That's where you have some pillow talk going on. And so in the book of Ezekiel, the 40th chapter, I want to give you a reading assignment that you should read Ezekiel 40 through 43. And so we're going to start at the 44th verse of the 40th chapter. I'm not going to go through all of it. I'm going to, because uh, you'll see why in a moment. But Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness for keeping me throughout this day, for keeping all of us, Lord. Waking us up on time, Lord Jesus, blessing us with a reasonable portion of health and activity of our limbs, Lord Jesus, and, and blessing us to be aware of you, your presence, your word, your activities that are going on right before our eyes. Lord God, we just honor you today and ask that you would bless those that are seeking you. Lord God, fill us all with your spirit again. Lord God, bless those that are looking for a church home to, to, to become rooted and grounded. Lord God, so that they can grow in you. Lord God, remember, Lord God, those that are have backslidden, Lord Jesus, and, and stir their mind up. Draw them back into the fold, Lord God, in their respective places, uh, wherever they are at, uh, here, near, far. Lord God, we thank you right now. We thank you for the listening ears. Lord God, I appreciate uh, you and those that are listening. I ask that you bless them in Jesus' name. In the book of Ezekiel, the 40th chapter, and I'm going to start at the 44th verse, it says, And without the inner gate were the chambers of the singers in the inner court, which was at the side of the north gate. And their prospect was toward the south, one at the side of the east gate, having the prospect toward the north. And he said unto me, This chamber, whose prospect is toward the south, is for the priests who keep for the charge of the house. And the chamber whose prospect is toward the north is for the priests, the keepers of the charge of the altar. These are the sons of Zadok, uh, uh, among the sons of Levi, uh, which come near to the Lord to minister. They, they were assigned to come near unto the Lord to minister. Uh, now these particular sons, uh, uh, Zadok uh, means just or righteous. And so they lived, they had to live up to that name uh, because they would go near unto the Lord to minister. Now, some of you may know and uh, or some may recall that the, the priest, the high priest went into the holy of holies 
uh, and when they went in, they had they besides their priestly garments that they were required to wear, they also had on had bells and a rope around them. That if they were not righteous, if they were not just, since no one else could go in there, and I, they realized that they were not going to be foolish and run in there because somebody uh, uh, was taking too long. Uh, they, they've gone past the t normal time of what they considered to be normal. Uh, if they felt that rope loses tension, they knew to pull that individual out because they were not going to walk out on their own accord. The Bible plainly tells us that he that bear the vessels of the Lord must have clean hands. Uh, and so ministers, we must have clean hands. Uh, this is not just talking a good game. No, this is, you, you better walk this walk. You better not just talk it, but you better walk it because there are a lot of ministers, a lot of preachers uh, that's, that's going to be lost. Some have already been lost. Uh, some are going to be lost because it is a game. Uh, they don't have clean hands. They like the sons of Eli uh, who was fooling around with all the women. Uh, some was... Uh, embezzling and doing other things that they should not. You better have clean hands uh, and not be fooling around with God. You know, uh, what is it? Uh, Kirk Franklin said, God's property. Uh, we're not just on standing as God's property. His property is whatever has been sanctified to be used uh, for the service, uh, the, the matrimony, the holy matrimony of the Lord. And so we must be mindful of those things and not play around with what well, God's going to forgive me. Don't play with God. And, and so, um, because uh, there is no one save, always saved. Let, let's not play that with the Lord. Now, uh, Ezekiel is giving the, the reason I want you to go ahead and read the 40th chapter through the 43rd. Actually, you can keep reading as much, you know, but I want you to read because he gives us a tour of the temple. Now, I'm not going to go all into that because I've asked you, already asked you to read it and you should indulge uh, the word of God and so and feed your spirit man. But prior to the first temple that Moses was instructed to set up, uh, or uh, it, there was a tabernacle and this tabernacle was portable. And you'll find that in Exodus. Uh, it started about the 25th chapter. And there are design and instructions given. The, the tabernacle um, in, the, in the wilderness was portable, it was a tent. Uh, but the people were given instructions about what to do to make this happen. Uh, some people think that, some, some inherit a work. They inherit a work. And, and so let's say the pastor uh, has now, uh, is, is now setting down from ministry for whatever reason uh, that they are uh, retiring from that it, it, and they're, maybe they're about to close their eyes and, and, and go home. And so uh, someone else inherits that ministry. Uh, everybody can inherit. You can, have, you can have a board of 12 elders there. Only one of them can be pastor. Uh, and so one inherits. And so uh, then you have those that are blessed to go out and to work. And when I say blessed, I mean that the pastor 
has placed their blessing upon you and given you permission to go out. Uh, my pastor placed a blessing upon me before her demise, years before her demise, to go out and to start ministering outside of the walls of the church and to establish a work. And so, um, uh, whereas others get up and go and think God has called them, they get up and go. But listen, God has designed. He has instructions. He is the architect of all things. He's the architect. He's the great designer. And so Moses received important instructions. And he followed those instructions to the T. And so you had a portable tabernacle because the children of Israel had not yet entered into the promised land. However, uh, to have that portable tabernacle required their obedience. It required giving. It required cooperation. Uh, some think that the church just all of a sudden appears and there's a building. Uh, no, it requires. It required uh, finances then and it required finances now. Mm -hmm. And so they were required to do some things. And so they brought free will offerings. And the free will, they brought gold. They, they took the gold that they uh, left Egypt with, they brought that gold with them, and that gold was used to help overlay uh, and do things within the temple, uh, the tabernacle that was in the wilderness. And it's no different today. Uh, the lights of the church don't stay on because uh, we're praying. It's certainly not on because of, of preaching and teaching. Uh, is the, the lights of the church are not on, you know, the, um, the city, DWP, Edison, uh, you know, whatever state you live in, power resource, uh, they might give you an extension if you had the lights at home, but, but every month when that bill come, it, you can't staff it that you preached uh, Exodus uh, 26 and, and, and they credit you a cop. That doesn't keep the water on. Uh, that doesn't do anything, and so uh, it requires free will uh, offering of everyone, including the pastor. And so uh, everyone uh, gives to help support the ministry. That's, not, that's how ministry grows. It's not just the, the book sales or the, 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 uh, the audible sales or anything like that, because those things require people to be interested in the fine favor as well and that's how it grows and support the church as well as support uh, or maybe support the the life of the particular ministry the bible tells us that in second samuel the seventh chapter uh, 12 through 13 and when the days be fulfilled and thou shall sleep with thy fathers i will set thy seed after thee which shall proceed out of thy bow, and I will establish his kingdom, and he shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, what happened is that David, and I, I'm, David wanted to build God a house, uh, but he could not. First uh, Chronicles uh, 28, one he said, David summoned all the officials of Israel to assemble at Jerusalem. The officers over the tribes, 
the commanders of the division in the service of the king, the commanders of thousands and commanders of hundreds and uh, officials in charge of all the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons together with the palace officials, the mighty men and all the brave warriors. King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my brethren and my people. I had it in my heart to build a house as a, uh, a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord for the footstool of our God and I made plans to it. Now, David was not allowed to build a house because he was a man of war. His hands had blood on him. And you can't shed blood and, uh, you know, uh, uh, and build for the Lord. It was, he, he didn't allow David to do that. But he did find favor with God uh, because he wanted to uh, build a, a place for him. How about you? Do you want to have a place? A place to build a place for the Lord. Now, David was not able to do this, but David uh, provided all the provisions. David uh, had favor and was able to make deals and to do certain things to help uh, provide uh, a certain amount of provision. And so his son Solomon uh, structured, uh, continued on in his father's footsteps and was able to build the temple. There was peace. There was no war. Uh, David had conquered and there was rest and he wanted to build God a house, but he couldn't. And his son Solomon was able to do that. Now, that was the first temple that was built. Solomon did a good job, and, and he prayed after the, the temple was built. And God was pleased because there was a place for him. Not that he absolutely needed a place, but I'm paraphrasing it, but he loved the ideal of it because he honored it. He loved the ideal of it because he allowed it. He loved it. And it's a place where he could put his name. David said it would be a place where he could rest his feet. Uh-huh. Uh, he said uh, a footstool of our God. Mm-hmm. And, and so Solomon uh, set up the temple. And one day Solomon was praying. Uh, sacrifices was made. And uh, the people was rejoicing. This was years. took time. It takes time. It takes time. Uh, and so uh, Solomon uh, was, had been praying, and the Lord visited Solomon and asked him what did he want. They had conversation. And Solomon's request was, Lord, uh, give me wisdom. Your people are great, so great. How am I as an individual going to go in and out among them? What, uh, how am I going to be able to help them navigate this life? How am I going to, I need your wisdom. I need your help. And that's what he asked God for. And the Lord told him, because you did not ask for money, you didn't ask for things, you didn't ask for stuff. I'm going to give that to you anyway. We need to know the, what we 
truly need to ask for. Sometimes I think we, we make our requests, we pray and ask God for things. Uh, and, you know, what's that saying that if you, you give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day? But if you give the man a, uh, if you teach him how to fish, he'll be able to feed, uh, eat that day and feed his family. And, uh, you know, and, and so because he asked for wisdom, wisdom helped Solomon with things that he wanted to do. Wisdom will help you with things that you want to do. Knowledge will help you accomplish some things. Uh, too many of us are walking around with a little bit of knowledge. I, I often ask people, when, when was the last time you read a book? What book did you read? Are you reading anything to, in, to enhance your mental capacity? You know, man, uh, man, woman, you only can rise. You cannot rise above your knowledge. It's impossible. You, only, you cannot. You know, you, you've run across it or you've heard people or seen it maybe in a movie or something where someone is talking about something. And they truly did not have any knowledge about what they were speaking about. Matter of fact, what they were saying was just hearsay, something that they just been passed on to them down through the years. And they just keep talking about it the same way because they never took time to investigate or never became educated on that particular subject. We're not we not know it all. We're not going to know it all. But you should increase your knowledge. Read some newspaper, uh, not just watch the news. Pick up a book, read an article, read something, and have something that you can converse about. Solomon built the temple. He had uh, associates and people that worked with him that were skilled, skilled in their labor. You, you ought to work on being skilled in your labor. Whatever your labor is, uh, become good at it. Become skilled in what you do. And so the first temple, that temple was erected, um, and, and, but then that temple also was torn down. The children of Israel had, uh, because of their uh, complacency, because of their disobedience, you know, pride, because of their fear, because of them not listening. You know, I often think about what we've missed out on with God. Uh, we've the miraculous, the things that could, uh, uh, you know, that we did not see at that moment that we could have experienced, but because of what we were so busy trying to do ourselves, uh, what we got involved in, that we missed out on that moment. And some things are not going to come back and repeat itself. Uh, like time has moved on. And, and so, uh, Stage left, stage right, next move, we got to keep it moving. But what have we missed out on? The children of Israel missed out on what God would have done. They missed out. And so they had to deal with the consequences of their behavior. Let's not miss out on what God wants to do. Uh, make up in your mind, I'm not going to miss out on what he want to do by being foolish in my thoughts, being foolish in my actions. I'm not going to mess out on what you, I'm going to control myself. I'm going to make this body act right. I'm going to make this mind act right. I'm going to make this emotions act right. I'm not going to miss out on what God wants to do. 
This first temple that was constructed during the reign of, of Solomon is now torn down. And there's a second temple that was built. Uh, it was begun by Herod the Great. And so uh, uh, Judea, he was king of Judea. And they built the temple. It took about 46 years. Uh, because they fortified the, the, the mount, the double, the, the dirt and everything that was surrounding and retained it, the walls were gates. Um, however, that temple suffered destruction because they left their first love, because they stopped doing, they stopped following the will of God. When we stop following the will of God, we don't know what we allow to come upon us. It's, we already deal with, with things as it is because you're, getting, you're, you're, you're in this body, you're in this flesh. You scratch, break arm, bump your head, you know, the little things just, and you can do all that just in having fun. You could have been skateboarding, jumping rope, riding a bike, playing basketball, whatever, you know, and, and, and something happened. But we sometimes cause things to happen uh, because we don't follow what God is saying. And so the second temple is now destroyed because they did not follow what God was saying. Now, Ezekiel, remember, is in captivity. And he's talking to us about the rebellion, the stubbornness of Israel, we're also seeing how God is dealing with them, the chastening of them, but also the chastening of those that chasten them, those that are speaking to come against, seeking to come against Israel and take uh, and to try to take opportunity of their of their situation. And God said, not so. God said, it's not going to happen. And not only does he say it's not going to happen then, but we find that the things that Ezekiel is talking about are uh, are the occurrences is futuristic. It, the occurrence of what Ezekiel is speaking about are things that are going to happen in our lifetime. They didn't happen during his time. They're futuristic. He's prophesied to the dry bones. And in 1948, the dry bones came to life. Things happen. Not only is it noted uh, about that, but you need to also pay attention to what is going on. Now, uh, I don't talk about politics or anything like that. I don't get all into that, you know, no name calling and all that kind of stuff. I, I, my only comment is that, is that let's preach Christ and let's preach him crucified. Let's preach the word of God. Let's not talk about uh, binomics. Let's not talk about Obama. Let's not talk about Trumpism. Let's not talk about any. Let's talk about Jesus Christ. He is the king. The Bible tells us to pray for those that are in leadership, period. That's it. That we might have peaceful lives. So uh, with that being said, Eisenhower uh, signed documentation to help make Israel uh, those dry bones to live. But not only that, but uh, from the Six-Day War, from 1967, uh, they talked about peace treaties. Now, peace treaties have been something that's been going on and talking about throughout the years. 
um, talked about 1971, stalled and all the way through to 76, and then they signed an agreement in 78, and you know, and then uh, more uh, documentation about the treaty in, in 1981. Uh, and during this time, Israel and them, uh, Palestine and them, they're still occupying the land. They just wouldn't, things were not working out as smoothly as you would think the historical signing of these treaties would produce. 1994, and even in September of 2020, uh, another treaty was signed. Now, the reason I mentioned that is because I'm, I'm our United States, our government, our administration are instrumental in, the, in these occurrences, which are prophecies that are happening right in front of our eyes. They're happening all over the news. People are seeing superpowers. However, it is not working out the way that they would think or the way that they hoped. Now, there's someone that is going to come along and that's paying attention to all of this that is going to uh, iron the wrinkles out that are going to make sure that this the peace treaty the accords uh, that have been uh, that have been worked on throughout the years that is all of a sudden smooth peaceful everything's gonna happen matter of fact uh, is going to come to the point where the temple, uh-huh, the temple is going to be rebuilt, which doesn't take long to do in modern technology. It don't take long. I, I drive down the, the, the 15 freeway, uh, coming to church, and, and I, I see the building. I look one week. I see the land has, has been a condition, and you look again, and, and they're setting up walls. They didn't pour it. Those walls were prefabricated. They're standing them up. They latching them together. They doing. They they handling it. It doesn't take long to build, and it won't take long to erect the temple. So there's a temple that Ezekiel is talking to us about. That is soon going to be established. It's going to be set up. Now uh, the temple, it, it, uh, the Bible said that the the Antichrist. Now I'm jumping ahead, but the Antichrist. Son of Perdition is going to help with the peace treaties, which he doesn't have to write a new one because there's already enough that's been written. Uh, he could just take what has been established already and show how it can work. Mm -hmm. Now, the saints won't be here to see that. However, the temple will be erected during that time because the, the Antichrist is going to uh, go in and to uh, defile the temple with a sacrifice that should not be done. So there will be another temple. Not only will it be another, the temple will be cleansed. I wonder, do anyone, as I was reading and thinking about this, I thought about Nehemiah and how he must have felt. Nehemiah, the temple was, the walls were torn down the, uh, because of the, there, he was the king's uh, uh, cupbearer. And the king looked at him to, and, and saw that his countenance had changed. 
And he expressed to the king with, through the favor of God that uh, I'm concerned. I'm concerned about the place that was once hollowed out for my God. I'm concerned about the place uh, that we worshiped at. And he was given permission to go. The question is, are you concerned with the place for him? Are you concerned with your place of worship? The place that's been hollowed out? The time frame, the time, the hours of your service to that you are concerned to be there praying, concerned to be faithful, concerned to support, concerned. Nehemiah was concerned. His desire, his compassion to rebuild what had been, what was being torn down and to protect what needed to be done. Do you have a desire? So many want recognition, but that recognition is, I would say, is, uh, is just lukewarm stuff. It's certainly not impressive. It doesn't impress God. If you're going to impress anyone, impress God with your desire, David impressed the Lord. David impressed him so much. David impressed him. Impressed means to move, stir up, rub, rouse, and excite, inspire. David moved him. He moved God. Solomon uh, uh, it affected God. Nehemiah influenced him. The Bible says, Ezekiel, the, the 40th chapter, uh, it says, and within, without the inner court were the chambers of the singers in the inner court, the inner gate and in the inner court, which was at the side of the north gate and their prospect was toward the south, one at the side, the east gate having the, the respect toward the north, from the portable to the brick, the cedars, the gold, the temple is expanded. So it's no longer what the portable, that tabernacle that was in the wilderness, but now it's brick, it's cedar, it's gold. Hmm. Israel did not see so many of the things that they could have, that they would have, had they moved in the direction that God wanted. Now, the temple had chambers for the singers, the inner court, which says God has respect for the music ministry, and so should you. Your voice is an instrument that disrupts the plan of the enemy and ushers, in, or ushers us into the presence of the Lord. That's why it's important for the, the song leaders, the psalmists, and the, to spend time in the presence of the Lord, just like it's important for the minister to spend present spend time in the Lord's presence. And he said, the chamber whose prospect is toward the south is for the priest, the keepers of the, of the charge of the house. The priests were also housed and protecting the temple. The call of ministry or pastoral appears glamorous as you watch others, you know, gain the uh, various, various reasons, you know, uh, but listen, priestly attire, political association, but those, uh, doesn't mean that you're 100. It doesn't mean it, and it doesn't mean that you're not. You need to make sure that you're handling God's business. You want it to be, whatever you do, you want it to be in the will of God and looking for his approval, not the approval of people, but the approval of God. When we have our ministerial council, which is coming up in October, 
The focus is ministry. Uh, not not us as the, the minister, not us as the person, but the ministry itself. Understanding the ministry. I, I it it doesn't cease to amaze me when ministers don't have questions about the ministry. So how do we assume that we're that we're doing it all right because you felt a little quickening? Some of that is learned behavior. The ministry, the focus of the ministry for the edifying, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work that we all come into the statue of the man Christ Jesus, and it takes time to learn that. The priests in 2 Chronicles 23 and 6 said, but let none come into the house of the Lord, save the priests and they that minister of the Levites, they shall go in for they are holy, but all the people shall keep watch. In other words, the people need to stay put and stay focused on the word of God while the minister carry out the duties. I pray that, that something has been said this evening that, that kind of stir, that stirs your mind up. Something that keep you focused. The temple is yet to be built. So Ezekiel has taken us into, and that has, and that's what ushered us actually into this into Revelation on Sunday mornings because Ezekiel has taken us into eschatology and speaking about the end time and 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 as he as we get more into that, and I'm trying, I'm doing my best not to go ahead of myself. Uh, and speaking about some of the things that Ezekiel is certainly going to talk about um, as we stand the word of God and as we come to uh, some closing chapters in, in the book of Ezekiel um, that what he is speaking about and so we want to be mindful of that and uh, with that being said I pray that you have a blessed evening if your day is just starting that you have a blessed day as you think about the word of God Bible said that if we meditate on this word day and night, we'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Thank you for your grace, your word, Lord God, of exhortation, Lord. Help us, bless us, Lord God, to create a place for you, Lord Jesus, that you may rest your feet with us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.